Chapter Thirteen of the King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen: The Reticence of the Leather Worker. It was many days before Alverick learned from the monotony of the rocks that one day's journey was the same as another, and that by no number of journeys would he bring any change to his rugged horizons, which were all drearily like the ones they replaced, and never brought a view of the pale blue mountains. He had gone, while his fortnight's provisions grew lighter and lighter, for ten days over the rocks. It was now evening, and Alverick understood at last that if he travelled further and failed soon to see the peaks of the elven mountains, he would starve. So he ate his supper sparingly in the darkness, his bundle of firewood having long since been used, and abandoned the hope that had led him. And as soon as there was any light at all to show him where the east was, he ate a little of what he had saved from his supper, and started his long tramp back to the fields of men, over rocks that seemed all the harsher because his back was to Elfland. All that day he ate and drank little, and by nightfall he still had left full provisions for four more days. He had hoped to travel faster during these last days, if he should have to turn back, because he would travel lighter. He had given no thought to the power of those monotonous rocks to weary and to depress with their desolation when the hope that had somewhat illumined their grimness was gone. He had thought little of turning back at all till the tenth evening came and no pale blue mountains, and he suddenly looked at his provisions, and all the monotony of his homeward journey was broken only by occasional fears that he might not be able to come to the fields we know. The myriad rocks lay larger and thicker than tombstones, and not so carefully shaped, yet the waste had a look of a graveyard stretching over the world, with unrecording stones above nameless heads. Chilled by the bitter nights, guided by blazing sunsets, he went on through the morning mists, and the empty noons, and the weary, birdless evenings. More than a week went by since he had turned, and the last of his water was gone, and still he saw no sign of the fields we know, or anything more familiar than rocks that he seemed to remember, and which would have misled him northward, southward, or eastward, were it not for the red November sun that he followed, and sometimes some friendly star. And then at last, just as the darkness fell, blackening that rocky multitude, there showed westward over the rocks, pale at first against remnants of sunset, but growing more and more orange, a window under one of the gables of man. Alverick rose and walked towards it till the rocks in the darkness and weariness overcame him, and he lay down and slept. And the little yellow window shone into his dreams and made forms of hope, as fair as any that came from Elfland. The house that he saw in the morning when he woke seemed impossible to be the one whose tiny light had held out hope and help to him in the loneliness. It seemed now too plain and common. He recognized it for a house not far from the one of the leather-worker. Soon he came to a pool and drank. He came to a garden in which a woman was working early, and she asked him whence he had come. From the east, he said, and pointed, and she did not understand. And so he came again to the cottage from which he had started, to ask once more for hospitality from the old man who had housed him twice. 
he was standing in his doorway as alvaret came walking wearily and again he made him welcome he gave him milk and then food and alvaret ate and then rested all the day it was not till evening he spoke but when he had eaten and rested and he was at the table again and supper was now before him and there was light and warmth he felt all at once the need of human speech and then he poured out the story of that great journey over the land where the things of man ceased and where yet no birds or little beasts had come or even flowers a chronicle of desolation and the old man listened to the vivid words and said nothing making some comments of his own only when alvaric spoke of the fields we know he heard with politeness but said never a word of the land from which elfland had ebbed it was indeed as though all the land to the east were delusion and as though alvaric had been restored from it or had awoken from a dream and were now among reasonably daily things and there was nothing to say of the things of dream certainly never a word would the old man say in recognition of elfland or of anything eighty yards east of his cottage door then alvaric went to his bed and the old man sat alone till his fire was low thinking of what he had heard and shaking his head and all the next day alvaric rested there or walked in the old man's autumn smitten garden and sometimes he tried again to speak with his host of his great journey in the desolate land but got from him no admission that such lands were checked always by his avoidance of the topic as though to speak of these lands might bring them nearer and alvaric pondered on many reasons for this had the old man been to elfland in his youth and seen something he greatly feared perhaps barely escaping from death or an age-long love was elfland a mystery too great to be troubled by human voices did these folk dwelling there at the edge of our world know well the unearthly beauty of all the glories of elfland and fear that even to speak of them might be a lure to draw them whither their resolution barely perhaps held them back or might a word said of the magical land bring it nearer to make fantastic and elvish the fields we know to all these ponderings of alvaric there was no answer and yet one more day alvaric rested and after that he set out to return to earl he set out in the morning and his host came with him out of the doorway saying farewell and speaking of his journey home and of the affairs of earl which were food for gossip over many farmlands and great was the contrast between the good man's approval that he showed thus for the fields we know over which alvaric journeyed now and his disapproval for those other lands whither alvaric's hopes still turned and they parted and the old man's farewells dwindled and then he turned back into his house rubbing his hands contentedly as he slowly went for he was glad to see one who had looked toward the fantastic lands turn now to a journey across the fields we know in those fields the frost was master and alvaric walked over the crisp gray grass and breathed the clear fresh air thinking little of his home or his son but planning how even yet he might come to elfland for he thought that further north there might be a way coming round perhaps behind the pale blue mountains that elfland had ebbed too far for him to overtake it there he felt despairingly sure but scarcely believed it had gone along the entire frontier of twilight 
where elfland touches earth as far as poet has sung further north he might find the frontier unmoved lying sleepy with twilight and come under the pale blue mountains and see his wife again full of these thoughts he went over the misty mellow fields and full of his dreams and plans about that phantasmal land he came in the afternoon to the woods that brood above earl he entered the wood and deep though he was amongst thoughts that were far from there he soon saw the smoke of a fire a little way off rising grey among the dark oak boles he went towards it to see who was there and there were his son and sarundarel warming their hands at the fire where have you been called orion as soon as he saw him upon a journey said alberic Oth is hunting orion said and he pointed in the direction whence the wind was fanning the smoke and zerundarel said nothing for she saw more in alberic's eyes than any questions of hers would have drawn from his tongue then orion showed him the deerskin on which he was sitting Oth shot it he said there seemed to be a magic all round that fire of big logs quietly smouldering in the woods upon autumn's discarded robe that lay brilliant there and it was not the magic of elfland nor had zerundarel called it up with her wand it was only a magic of the woods very own and alverick stood there for a while in silence watching the boy and the witch by their fire in the woods and understanding that the time was come when he must tell orion things that were not clear to himself and that were puzzling him even now yet he did not speak of them then but saying something of the affairs of earl turned and walked on toward his castle while zerundarel and the boy came back later with oth and alverick commanded supper when he came to his gateway and ate it alone in the great hall that there was in the castle of earl and all the while he was pondering words to say and then he went in the evening up to the nursery and told the boy how his mother was gone for a while to elfland to her father's palace which may only be told of in song and unheeding any words of orion then he held on with the brief tale that he had come to tell and told how elfland was gone but that cannot be said orion for i hear the horns of elfland every day you can hear them alverick said and the boy replied i hear them blowing at evening end of chapter thirteen the reticence of the leather worker